welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. One of the things that we love here at Proudmouth is we love playing in the sandbox with others. And Chris Zanzi, who is the Director of Advisor Marketing at Smart Asset, is our guest today. And we're going to talk about really what they do and how they've been a game changer for some of the advisors that we work with, and also just a game changer in the industry with their approach. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invite to the sandbox, Matt. Hey, man, I love the sandbox. First off, how did you become the director of advisor marketing? And I want you to tell us a little bit about the history of Smart Asset too, please. Yeah, I will. I will try to hit both of those. So real quick about me, I am a content guy. Uh, I came up through the ranks doing sales content at some financial firms, including Bernstein, the wealth management firm, and also at Investopedia where I wrote content and I also worked on, on an advisor product. So I met a lot of financial advisors through those, two, through those two firms. And so I joined Smart Asset because I really believe in the mission of helping advisors grow their practice and also providing really valuable financial information and insight to consumers. And that's how we attract consumers and connect them with advisors. So real, real quick, you may have been able to tell from my last answer, but Smart Asset is a matchmaking platform between financial advisors and prospects or consumers. And so we built up a huge platform of consumer resources. And we once those consumers come to our website, we match them with financial advisors in their area and who are looking for folks with their assets under management. How what is the most clicked on thing? I mean, what are what are the what is the general public really trying to consume from you guys on the site? It ebbs and flows and it's definitely seasonal. Last March, uh, we wrote a bunch of content about COVID resources, about the PPP program, and that was our most clicked. But it's also cyclical and seasonal. In January and February, we get a lot of kind of planning-focused topics, right? People are focused on Social Security, so it's how much am I, how, when can I take Social Security? What does it look like? Those are, those are the big cyclical topics. And then we also focus on, on things like mortgages and home buying, Things that consumers might need help calculating the cost of rather than just how do I invest or what does this financial term mean? So we have that information too. I usually end with this, but I'm going to start with this just because I think it's a smart setup. Who is your ideal client? Our listeners are generally financial planners. We have a bunch of financial planners, whether that is a CFP or whether that's somebody who does holistic financial planning, which includes insurance, which is a huge component of our listenership. Who is your ideal client? So on the consumer side, it's everybody, right? We work with consumers of all walks of life. The clients that we tend to pass through to advisors tend to actually be relatively wealthy. So they have about $900,000 in assets. They're about 10 years or so from retirement or closer. And they've never worked with an advisor before. Three quarters of our audience are trying to do it, trying to do it on their own and realizing that they're a little overwhelmed, right? On the advisor side, we only work with duly registered advisors and IARs. And those are from all, all sizes of firms, right? Major firms, major wirehouses, all the way to single person shops. I think most of the advisors 
I take that back. A lot of the advisors on our platform, though, are either one young and trying to grow their business. So maybe they don't have a lot of clients passing on referrals, or they just don't know where to start. That's young advisors or career changers. Then we have older advisors or more established advisors who are seeing the the landscape totally change. They they can't go out and do seminars, or they feel like their seminars aren't aren't hitting the way that they used to, and they're a little intimidated by digital marketing. So they want to try something new and add some other some new leads to their quiver. You said something that I I want to reframe just a little bit, which is ever since I got into financial services, <clears throat> the number one question or the number one objection that I ever got from bringing in new business is, well, Matt, they have to have an advisor already. And you just said that the majority of these wealthy people who are 10 years or closer to retirement have never even had a real advisor relationship. That's crazy. I think a lot of people are used to going it alone, right? And and a lot of I think a lot of that money is is probably in retirement plans and so it's it's reaching that point where it's no longer locked up. But I think what we saw with this pandemic which was really really interesting was that in March and April of last year, the, the vast majority of clients who came through reported that they had been investing on their own for like the past 10 years and they were they were good at it, they were happy with it. And then the minutes the, the minute the markets fell, the minute we had that twenty that twenty percent correction, that completely changed. I think you're right in that there's a there's a perception that a lot of wealthy people have financial advisors. I think that folks who are brought up in the ecosystem of working with an advisor are more likely to use one. Right? We know that. But one, I think the financial advisory and planning industry has been really really good in the past couple of years about talking about the value of of, of financial advice. And two, I think that because there's more of that information out there, people are able to access that advice. They're a little more confident, one, going it alone while the markets are good, but two, in recognizing that things may have gotten too complex or they are reaching a point like a cliff like retirement where it's time to bring somebody else in. So I think that self-direction is actually valuable uh, in the long term for for the financial planning um, community as a whole. So I'm thinking like an advisor, I'm attempting to hear, and so I'm thinking about your leads, right? So you just said, you know, close to retirement, some of them who you're passing on actually have a substantial amount of assets. How do you help the advisor or what do you tell advisors to say to a do-it-yourselfer so that they're actually interested in bringing on somebody to provide them with advice? That's a really good question. And I think first, before I answer it, I have to recognize that most advisors, we trust advisors to sell themselves, right? Every advisor knows what they're good at, knows how to communicate to prospects. We're not going to tell them how to do it. But I think the most valuable thing that we do is we pass on a survey that every consumer completes with not only are you working with an advisor and asset level, But sort of those more nuanced questions, right? Do you have children under the age of 18? Are you a business owner? Do you like environmentally responsible investments? It's sort of the things that an advisor would find out in that first call. And so when we work with advisors to improve their outreach or to talk through prospect call, we really we we often focus on those questions because it gives a really it gives really good insight as to why somebody's looking for an advisor. Yes, you're looking for an advisor because the market fell 20% and you're scared period. 
but why are you scared? It's because you're saving for your children's college education and you're terrified you're not gonna be able to pay for it. Or you're 10 years out from retirement and you have your single income household. And if you lose your retirement savings, then you're gonna have to work for another 10 years and that totally interferes with your plan. So we're not teaching advisors anything new, <laughs> right? We're not coaching them through new things, but it's really honing in on those points of concern and personalizing the conversation. So I get a lead from you, right? So I've signed up for your program. I get a lead from you. What happens then? So we match every lead. So I, actually, before I start, advisors select their leads based on really two qualifying characteristics, right? It's how many assets or how much in assets the, the leads have, and it's where they are geographically. So we pre-screen based on that. You say, I'm a Manhattan advisor. I only want to talk to folks in Manhattan with more than a million dollars. We can do it. From there, when we find a lead that matches your criteria, we send it, we call them and we qualify the, or we vet the lead. We make sure the contact information is correct, right? And then from there, we pass them on. And we do that in one of two ways. Uh, if we have the lead on the phone and they want to talk to the advisor, we say, cool, which advisor do you want to speak to? And then we connect the lead and the advisor. Or two, we email all of that information directly to the advisor, right? So what will ha happen is a lot of advisors see the email come into their inbox. They have a standard email that they'll send out kind of with just the, the top line information on the financial planning firm. Now I'm sure we can talk about that later, right? What should that outreach look like? And then a lot of times they'll call the lead. And that's when they'll really use that survey to say, hey, listen, I got your information from Smart Advisor or from Smart Asset. I noticed that you have some kids under the age of 18 and you're looking for a financial advisor. I do a bunch with 529 plans. Let's talk, right? And so every advisor has their own outreach cadence, has their own talk track. Really, most advisors, as soon as they get the lead information, they call them up. How many people do you give that information to? So we match our leads or our prospects with mm -hmm. three advisors. At okay, a time. three. Okay, good, good. Okay, <clears throat> you've teed me up for a bunch of questions, so you just good. need to be prepared for this, Chris. In your experience, how long do these leads stay warm? That's a tough one to answer, Matt, because we see leads convert sometimes within the first week, right? Advisors will call them. And, and get a lead on the phone. And we say that that speed to lead is really important. Getting the lead on the phone or in their inbox, establishing that relationship quickly is important. However, a lot of advisors will call once or twice, send an email, maybe a text message, and then give up. And we really encourage advisors to reach out at least for a month. They have a, we encourage them to have a planned cadence for a month. That's not every day. Don't call every day. <laughs> Be respectful. You don't yeah. want me to call you every day. But we have a really what it, what it is is a planned cadence for a month of calls, emails, and texts. Not too many, just enough to make sure the person didn't get busy and or isn't missing your calls. And then from there, a lot of advisors advisors will drop them into a drip cadence or another marketing piece of marketing outreach where they'll hit them every month or every quarter or, or twice a year. And what's interesting is those leads do still convert, right? I was speaking with an advisor a couple of weeks ago who said, I gave up on this lead. I bought a couple million dollar leads from you. I gave up on one of them. I added them to my marketing cadence. And three months later, he calls me up. He said, you know what? I got busy. Work was crazy. He's an executive. He said, but I really like what you've been sending me. Your marketing materials are strong. Let's talk. And he closed the lead within two weeks after that. One of the things that always used to drive me crazy about uh, 
previous philosophy on on purchasing leads is <clears throat> I, this has happened to me and Chris I don't know if it's ever happened to you but I get busy dude like you, you know what it's not that I don't care it's not that I don't value you it's my life in at that moment is more important than whatever you're offering so what have you found that is successful on the back end of that nurture again every advisor has their own system the advisors that I've spoken to who have a successful nurture cadence really do two or three things right, right? The first thing is they produce good content, right? Their content is interesting. They're not just repackaging old, old things that they've written. It's topical, it's timely, it's relevant, it's interesting. And the second is that they play with different formats, right? A lot of advisors are pushing it to video. We have one advisor, Jeremy Keel, who actually I, I was talking to last week, who I think has worked with you guys to produce a podcast. And he says that he actually uses that as part of his outreach because it serves as sort of a piece of social proof, right? He includes that in his emails. And if the client, may, maybe you send me an email and I don't want to respond to you, but if you send me a link to a video or a podcast that you've done and I can go listen to you on my car ride, on my commute, uh, that's another touch point that, that a lot of advisors have had a lot of success with. We, we love multimedia, right? Because <clears throat> a wise person once told me, and I, I use this quote all the time, that marketing is fundamentally changed. You have to market to your ideal prospect in the media they prefer while they're there. And there are some people, Chris, who love video. Like my children, they well, they love video and podcasting. They don't check their email. Right. If you're not messaging them through one of their apps or if you're not, if you don't actually text them, you don't exist, but they do see a substantial amount of social proof in their minds of them being experts or them being people they want to follow with video and podcasts. Jeremy does it all, by the way. Just want everybody to know, yes, Jeremy uses our, he uses our full bolt program here. And he is one of those people. In fact, Kirk, my partner just talked to him yesterday had a whole list of all of the things that, that Jeremy does in order to make it so that he is more and more successful. And a lot of the, we call it long tail marketing, opt-in marketing. There's lots of different ways to say it. But when somebody opts into your podcast or starts following you on social, that nice drip of organic content that is probably applicable to that person's inquiry on the Smart Asset website, right? All of a sudden, you are steadily increasing your value to them. And then the principle of reciprocity kicks in and says, Chris, oh my God, for the last nine months, I've been listening to your podcast. I've learned so much. You are exactly who I want to work with. So therefore, I'm going to work with you. And then those dead leads, right, which I'd Another really wise person told me there's one of two things that happens with the lead. They die or they buy. That's it. Right. And so I'm going to keep you in my system forever because your life can change. And we all know, especially over the last year, how quickly life can change. Let's talk about dialing. I just have, I, I want to go back to this, dude, because uh, I did not know that you guys call to pre-qualify and, and, and check out that stuff. That's super powerful. That is a huge value that you guys provide. I don't really know if any of your competition does anything like that at all. That's the first time I've heard that. So freaking thumbs up. Thank you. Yeah. We do a lot to qualify our leads, right? Because the biggest complaint in the industry with lead generation services is the leads aren't good. Right. So the way our lead process works is when somebody hits the website, they answer, again, this 25 to 30 question quiz, which in internet time, like 25 different page loads is, is an eon, right? You've got to be pretty dedicated. And it's personal information. 
right? Who are you giving your total assets to? Almost nobody, right? So there's a level of trust. There's a level of qualification there. From there, we, we qualify them actually in, in, in one of two ways, right? So we, either, we run them against the white pages as well as some internal data. So we, we see if their information is correct. And if there's, there's no match, if we can't tell, we have any questions at all, then we dial them up because we don't dial every single lead, but we dial the vast majority of them, right? That's, that's the way we work. And then we pass them on to advisors. And from there, most advisors, so advisors are able to get into contact with most leads. Again, gotcha. there are some that drop off that go, <laughs> I don't want to talk to an advisor. I was just playing around with a funnel. But from there, most leads do get into contact with an advisor. You just sparked something that I, I'm going to apologize if you aren't prepared to answer this question. Even if we, I have to bring you back on for you to answer this, or we can have a follow-up or whatever, how in God's name has Smart Asset built that level of trust on a website so that people will go 25 pages of information deep? That's hardcore. There's something behind that. The, the unfortunate answer, I, I think, for a lot of folks who are getting started in this business is it comes along with age. We we started as a website, I think back in 2011 or 2012, before my time, and we were totally focused on providing consumer information. You know, we built calculators, we wrote articles, and it was just totally focused on getting consumers the financial advice that they needed. And our founder started the company because he was trying to buy a house and he couldn't calculate the actual, I think it was the property taxes on the house accurately, right? And, and this guy, I think he was in PE too. So like, it was a, he's a financial guy who couldn't figure out how much it costs to buy a house, which is insane. And so we started with that mission. We were a consumer-focused organization who built a lot of really valuable content. And that trust is huge. And of course, those articles, those calculators now drive a lot of our leads, right? People search, I'm starting a new job, what are my taxes going to be? And they search for tax calculator. And this is maybe this is a high net worth individual who then calculates it and goes, oh, wow, I'm making a lot of money. <laughs> I'm also going to have to convert my retirement account. So they click on something on a suggested article about, about retirement account rollovers. And from there, they realize that it's more complicated and they need to talk to an advisor. And, and then they go through the funnel and, and, and the process. We do a lot to, to increase trust. And I think we, the biggest part of that though, is, is making sure that all the choices we make are consumer first, right? We want to do the right thing for the consumer and that builds trust and improves the process for everybody. Yeah. What is I the, hope that was a good answer. You oh, did, no, that you was a great, it was a great that. answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to potentially unpack that a lot more. I think a lot of people think about that when they're doing online content, we're trying to help people build content that helps people like know and trust them right that's what we do and and you're doing that whether it's they're at the website two or three times before they fill that stuff out or or if it's the first time that they're on the smart asset website and they're like oh my god they're asking me all the right questions i'm assuming that there's been lots of iterations of the questionnaires that you have built but that stuff i'm really nerd out we don't need to nerd out here but i really nerd out on that stuff because that's really really fascinating to me now you guys have lots of people use your your products and i'm hoping that by listening to this podcast for for financial services professionals who are looking for this next level of growth that you will seriously consider smart asset 
But what is the biggest mistake? So Chris, when you're meeting with the team and you're getting feedback from clients and you're like, well, gosh, they could have solved this by doing this. What is the number one thing that you've seen that advisors who use your service do incorrectly? And if they just fix that one thing that they would have more success? That's a, that's a good question. And there are a lot of small mistakes that people make when reaching out to prospects. I think the one that applies both to smart advisor as well as almost every other marketing channel, so I'm sure you'll have other people on saying this, is giving up too early, period. That can be, like I said, I'm a content guy. If you say, I'm going to start writing a blog, you write six blog posts or, or, or record a podcast. You write six blog posts, shoot them out into the internet, into the ether, and then give up. You, it was a waste of time and resources, right? And we say the same thing for leads. Right, you called them twice and you shot them an email and they didn't answer. Like, you, you, my mom can call me twice and I forget to pick up the phone. Right, and please m- maybe cut that part out. But we're busy, and, and there are a lot of different reasons that people don't answer the phone, don't read their emails. So I think the biggest, the, definitely the biggest uh, issue that we run into is advisors just giving up too early. We call it pod fade here. So so there's actually a technical term within the podcasting industry of exactly what you're talking about. And I'm sure it's the same thing with bloggers or whatever. It's, it's, it is time. It's, and here's the funniest part. Hey, the advisors say this all the time, which is it's not timing an investment. It's time in the investment, right? We've all heard that so many times you're making an investment in your marketing. You have to take the time to do it. It's funny. You said six, because that's actually the number that we have found through research that, that, professionals will do about six podcasts and they don't get any ROI. And so they quit when they're right on the cusp of being able to do that. The advisor that I was referring to earlier who said they're either buying or they're dying. It's funny because he keeps a rolling list of all of the leads that he has. And he has structured it to the point where they haven't heard from him in long enough so that he's not annoying, but he has heard from him enough so he knows, or the the, the prospect knows who he is, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Can I just add on to that real quick, Matt? Sorry. Yes. Um, there's actually two more mistakes that, that folks Ooh. make. The first one you just touched on is they don't keep track of, of like where their leads are. And it blows my mind, right? You're, you're investing in leads and, and you don't know which ones have converted, how many you've gotten. And, and I understand people are busy. I hate keeping records of things. I get it. But, but being able to keep track of that success and calculate your return on investment and also have a meaningful conversation with, say, your account manager or somebody or a consultant who's trying to help you close those leads is vital, right? Because you might be overlooking one little thing that you could just, you could just switch and you'll, and you'll see success. And the second thing there is, in addition to not following up on leads, it's assuming that everything is going to work overnight. We work with a lot of advisors who have been in the field for a long time. They're used to calling prospects. They're used to cold calling. And the truth is, like, this online leads or whatever new thing you're trying, it takes time to get good at it. It takes time to get comfortable with it and get used to it. We typically say it takes about three months for an advisor to get used to the platform to dial in their process, to get used to responding to leads, all of those little things, reviewing the survey and and, and working on their scripts. And then it can take two to three months to close a client. I mean, and, and every advisor who's listening to this probably knows that, right? It takes time. You have to build trust. You have to have meaningful conversations before before that that client's going to convert and trust you with their money. So it can take as long as six months to close one or two clients, which 
is a long time and it's a lot of work. But once you close those first two and you're confident in what you're doing, that ROI compounds really quickly. And when I was a coach, one of the things that I would bring up all the time and I would ask my advisor clients is, when's the last time you practiced? And, and they would, it would, they'd be dumbfounded by this, Chris, right? They'd be like, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for 30 years, right? Okay, Michael Jordan practiced whatever it was, 100 free throws every day, 1,000. I don't remember how much. It was an astronomical number. And he was the greatest of all times. Some people now might disagree with that. My old school ass, that's who I think of, right? <laughs> but when is the last time that you practice? And I, I love that. I love that that is a very honest answer to people getting frustrated with purchasing leads from an organization because they think that, well, I'm spending all sorts of money on this. It should just happen. But when you really do calculate your ROI in not first year ROI, I'm talking ROI of the client over the lifetime of the client, which by the way, you should know as an advisor too, you're going to see that the investment that you make in something with, in someone like Smart Asset is going to pay for itself over time more than you can ever imagine. And in fact, you're going to come out well ahead by utilizing a service like that. And then shameless self-promotion here, if you create a content strategy surrounding this, so let's say you're on the website and you say, hey, I want to focus on 529 plans. So let's because it's a bunch of people who that's a huge part of their financial services practice. So they're focusing on college planning, college savings. If you do a podcast that's about college savings and 529 plans, and you send that to that prospect, they're going to start seeing you more and more as the expert that you are, and you're communicating with them in a very palatable way where they will invite you into their quiet time, which is the number one question I always ask every single solitary person who calls me, Chris, is when is the last time your ideal prospect invited you into their home, into their quiet time? And of course, they're going to say, I'm never, right? That's creepy, right? Well, podcasting makes it not creepy. All right, I'm sold. And I already knew you were awesome anyway, just because, you know, I've got clients who use you. I did a whole bunch of due diligence on you. I did some, I asked some people some questions. You guys are about the best one that's out there and, and mostly because you guys have done the work. So I want to thank you for what you do for financial services professionals. Really, I know that there's a lot of newer advisors or even older advisors who are trying to build up the value of their practice before they either exit or just to make more money. Good for you. Go freaking for it. You need to go ahead and call everybody. What is the best way for them to reach out to find out more about who you are and how they can hire you? Sure. Well, probably the easiest way to find out more about us is to go to our website and that's okay. smartasset.com. And they can scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on four advisors. If they want a more personalized touch, they should shoot me an email. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm at C Sonzoni, C-S-O-N-Z-O-G-N-I at smartasset.com. Fantastic. And we will make sure that we have those links in our show notes as we always do. Chris, it's freaking awesome getting to know you. Thank you very much for everything that you do for our industry. And thanks for being a guest on the show. Of course, Matt. Thank you for having me. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we get to meet somebody cool like Chris, you're going to show up directly on your listening device, and all you have to do is press play. If you know somebody who's a financial services professional who's struggling, who says, man, I just need to get in front of more people, please, please, please go to smartasset.com, scroll down to the bottom and check for advisors to see what Smart Asset can do for you. And if you also want to create customized content that is really easy for you to execute, I would love to have a conversation with you too. You can email me, Matt, at proudmouth.com because, heck, Chris and I are both here to do one thing, which is to help advisors 
be more successful. So for everybody at Smart Asset and everybody here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.